Hello everyone, my name is Gianna Bel Castro and welcome back to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. Today we have a very special guest here. Can you introduce yourself please? Hi everybody, I am Brooke Wyckoff and I coach uh, women's basketball at Florida State. So before we get into today's interview, y'all know how we do it here. We're going to get to that ad read. Today's episode is sponsored by none other than Anchor. Okay, and uh, we'll jump into that interview. So this is the Women's Sports Matter podcast. My name is Gianna Castro, and let's head, in, head into today's interview. Hey, everyone, it's Gianna Castro from the Women's Sports Matter podcast. And today I'm going to be discussing the sponsor of this show, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Wasn't that ad read just so beautiful? I really got to change it because I, I, I'm not a fan, but um, it's really nice to have you here today. How's your day going so far? Oh, it is great. Just um, we have the day off today from practice, so I am staying safe and working remotely and hanging out with my seven-year-old daughter after she got out of online school. So <laughs> been a great day so far but I'm excited to be here thanks for having me living the online school life I can relate mm-hmm. all my classes are online so is my sister's um I have the choice of staying home uh, my college was recently closed their campus was closed but they're deciding to reopen um even though we're like a small university we're just trying to keep everyone safe so COD is like hey if you want to come in, you can come in, but we have limited stuff. And I was like, you know what? It's cheaper to do online school. So that's what we're going to do. Um, yep. Yeah. So pretty exciting stuff uh, from college freshman standpoint. Um, but the first thing I want to jump into today is you are the head coach for right now. What was that whole process like <laughs> before you jumping into that role? And how how do you think you've been doing so far? Are you comfortable? Um as being in charge and everything like that? Uh, Yes. I, you know, I was given a really fortunate situation um, just to be able to, I've been an assistant here for 10 years. So, well, nine years. Uh, I played here. I played for my boss, Sue Semrau, who is the actual head coach, and she's been the head coach for the last 25 years. So everything here at Florida State was really familiar to me. So to step into the head coach role for this season uh, was a was a dream scenario for me in terms of we already had all these great players. <laughs> we have a great team. All the people on the staff that have been here forever and, and are really good at what they do, coaches, director of ops, strength coach, everybody on our staff our top-notch professional sports information director, Stephen Stone. Uh, so really there was nothing, um, you know, crazy that I had to come in and change, overhaul, uh, you know, it was just kind of all handed to me. Now, that being said, is handed to me with, you know, obviously the pressure and the expectation that I uphold, you know, what we've been able to do. So 
there is that side of it, but it's been, uh, it's been a really nice experience and it's all because of the people that I'm surrounded by the staff and our players are amazing and just make it, um, make it a really fun experience. So I really haven't been following college women's uh, basketball lately. My focus has been towards the NWSL mostly. Uh, not really much of a TV watcher anymore, especially since school and stuff. So how are you guys doing right now? What is your standing? Uh, do you think that you're going to be a top seed in the tournament in March? Mm-hmm. Tell me all about that. Well, uh, COVID has affected our season specifically really, really um it's it's affected it a lot we had five I believe actually I think we had four non-conference games scheduled uh three of which were canceled so we played one non-conference game before we jumped into conference and um since we've been in conference we've played uh three oh my gosh I'm blanking yeah we've played three games in conference no oh my gosh I'm blanking Steve I need your <laughs> We're four and one. Four, okay. Four games, yeah. We played four ACC games. So, um, but it's been spread out over a, a long period of time. We started, um, you know, mid December playing and have only played five games and it's been a month and that's very rare in the, usually we're playing two games a week at least. So um, it's been kind of a stop and start process, but we're four and one, which is great. And um, we're looking forward to playing a lot of really good basketball coming up. Um, so the way standings and tournament seed, all that is just like, so like hard to tell because so many people have been shut down. Everybody's played a different amount of games. So as these next kind of couple months go along, um, hopefully that'll all shake out and we'll see where we stand. But the goal is to get to the NCAA tournament, of course. I was really disappointed last year when they canceled the tournament. Um, I think I was in school when it happened and I was like, Uh, basketball being taken away from me the one (laughs) thing that I look forward to um I uh I love watching the women's March Madness tournament I've kind of like drifted away from the men's I don't even know who gets drafted in the NBA but WNBA oh yes I definitely know who's being drafted (laughs) there um I I was hoping to watch Oregon and South Carolina last year like in the Mm -hmm. finals or something that would have been would have been perfect um but moving on so this this year is different because of COVID and everything. Is there stuff at practices that you've had to change because of this or is everything running the same? It's definitely different. We have to do things differently, like in the training room, in the weight room. We can't have the whole team in there at once. We have to be really specific about how we schedule all of those types of things. We have to make sure that we're not all in the film room together. Like we have to be very cognizant of our distance with each other um, in in situations like that when we're not technically on the court practicing. Um, Everybody's in masks when we're not on the court. Uh, When we get onto the court, the play, it's obviously normal in terms of what the players are doing. Um, Some of them at times will practice in masks, but they don't have to be in masks. Coaching wise though, and staff, we all have to be in masks at all times. So that was an adjustment, just uh, figuring out how to get your point across, how to get people to hear you in a practice setting. Um, And even 
blow a whistle, um, have, you know, be able to do either with a handheld whistle or find a way to blow your whistle behind your mask. It's been those types of little things have been an adjustment, but when it comes down to the actual playing of the game, everything's the same, thankfully. Um, you know, the only other thing is in the games, our benches look completely different. Uh, they're very spaced out much like the WNBA was and the NBA in the bubble. Um, and everybody really in every sport these days, right. They're all spaced out so that, you know, just the communication part of it has been different, uh, with masks and, um, not being able to just be together all the time, uh, you know, like not being able to have a team meeting in our, in a meeting room, you know, where you can kind of be close and talk and and things like that. You had to be spaced out. So there's been challenges, but I'm just glad that, and I know our players are really glad that we're just, we're able to play normal basketball. So is everyone getting tested every day or is it every other day? And is that like a fast process? That's a great, yes. That's another thing that has been different. You're right. Uh, We test now that we're in season, we test three times a week, at least. We do the PCR tests, so it's a fast process, um, but it's still a a nasal swab deal, um, and the results aren't instantaneous. We usually get them later in the day. Like if we test at noon, you know, best case scenario, we're getting them late evening, Um, sometimes the next day. It just depends on how busy the Florida State lab is. Um, So, yes, that has been another thing just to, to kind of, have to remember three times a week to get tested um, and wait for results and wonder about results and things like that. So that's, that's definitely a challenge, a mental kind of weight of just always having to be cognizant of making sure that, you know, I'm staying, staying safe and, and also, yeah, having to go actually test is, you know, another thing on the to-do list (laughs) three times a week. I can feel you on that. I've been tested <laughs> a few times myself. Luckily, I haven't had COVID yet. Um, it's been months or whatever. Um, I want to talk about um, the day that um, the world shook, um, which was the day, <laughs> at least for me, was March 13th, which is coming up in two months is my last day of school, my mm-hmm. last day of senior year. Um I just want to talk about that real quick. I don't think I've talked about that on here before. My last day of senior year was on March 13th in school. Obviously, we had school online after that. Um, But I left school early because I had double early because I had an internship with the King County Cougars, um, Mm. which dissolved. But I'm Mm. actually going back there, getting an actual job this time. They're hiring me again to work there for the in March. So it's, it's been a year later <laughs> and I'm going back there. Great. I think I'm going to be the youngest person there. Youngest person we paid there. I, it's, it's really cool. cool, but I left double early. Um, so I left after six period, I went home, I turned CNN on. I was like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. I called my mom. I was like, they canceled baseball. <laughs> they canceled all these sports. I was like freaking out. What happened that day when you realized stuff is about to go down in this country. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I don't remember specifically what day it was, but I'm sure it was one of those, like around that same time. Um, it was, whoo, I think it might've been Friday after, or maybe the day after they canceled the NBA or they shut down the NBA that night when Rudy Gobert tested positive and then everything shut down. It might've been the day, the next day we had just 
the weekend before competed in the ACC tournament. We had made, made it to the finals and lost uh, in the last couple minutes to NC state in the finals of our conference tournament. Um, so we were really excited coming off of that, like great momentum made it to the conference finals. Um, and we're waiting that week we had been practicing and we were going to be waiting for the NCAA, uh, bracket to be announced the following Monday. And so when we were watching, we were at, we were at our practice facility, getting ready for practice as a staff and watching. And our men's team was at their ACC tournament. They were about to get on the, on the court. They were actually warming up for a game. And it was one of those scenarios that we all saw where, uh, they got pulled off the court, uh, that we were like, are they going to play? No, they're going to play, but they're not letting fans in. Okay. Nope. They're not going to play. And so when we saw that, we knew that it was pretty close that they were going to cancel the NCAA tournament. And it happened later that day. So um, our players were really disappointed. Our seniors were disappointed. We were disappointed because we felt like we had a lot of momentum going and we were excited about what our seed was going to be and how we could do in the NCAA tournament. And then, yeah, it was all just, over, like you said, the world shook and we were just shut down. So what next, you know, what do we do? And so that was really, we brought the team in, told them and everybody, I think a lot of people just went home and, um, and didn't come back for a while. (laughs) It turned out that they just stayed home for a while. So, um, yeah, crazy and think crazy to think how far we've come in a lot of ways and in others, not, we haven't come very far at all. Yeah. So. I just <laughs> like hearing about everyone's different stories from that yeah. day. Cause it's so interesting. I remember, um, I was with my mom before she closed her store. She had a store downtown, um, and they had to close because of COVID, um, mm. which is like really unfortunate for mm. her. She found a job now, um, in Wicker Park. I believe located um she's actually gonna go get the vaccine on Thursday because she works at a medical spa I was like oh aren't you lucky can I get one for her right exactly (laughs) exactly I gotta wait I guess I know I'm gonna have to get it before I I go to an actual um university because I'm looking to transfer out on been working on college apps for months and I write some essays and I don't want to (laughs) (laughs) oh boy but I want to know more about um the process of picking a college especially for a student athlete I know that you played at Mm. Florida State how did you come to the decision that you first wanted to play basketball in school and where you wanted to go to school well, when I was, when I was younger and probably around eight years old, eight, nine, 10, and started to really understand that I liked basketball a lot and to understand that I think probably as I got into middle school and early high school where, um, you know, I understood what a college scholarship meant. <laughs> that was really the point where I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to try and get a, a full ride to college by playing basketball. So that was really just set in my mind. And so as I went through high school, it was just, I just, you know, played and, and really enjoyed what I was doing, but was working hard. And, and fortunately, um, you know, I played AU. So I was, I got to events and, and camps too, that, um, college coaches were able to see me play. And so I started to 
to get interest from schools. And honestly, my recruiting process was a nightmare because I had nobody guiding me. My parents had no idea about this process. Neither did I. And really that's helped me as a coach to understand like a lot of people, even though it seems natural to us, because this is what we do as college coaches, we recruit. A lot of people don't understand the process. You know, they don't, it's not something you just automatically know how to navigate. And so going through that process and, and it was a wild, long, just, I had no idea what I wanted or where I wanted to be. I landed at Florida state. Um, I don't even know how, but it was just, it was, it was, I think it was because um, it was far away from home, which is what I wanted. It was a, it was a big school and they really uh, made me understand that they wanted me. They really, they wanted to me to help build the program. They weren't a very good program. And I just saw an opportunity there to be, uh, to be able to make an immediate impact as a freshman. Um, and that was something I was looking for as well. So I came down to Tallahassee and the rest is history. It was a really, a really fortunate thing when I, you know, starting out, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> From not knowing what you're doing to be drafted in the WNBA. Sounds yeah. like, it sounds like a dream, honestly. I want to learn more about um, your professional career. What was your favorite team that you played on? Um, wow. I really enjoyed all of them. Um, I played on three different ones and I enjoyed each of them for different reasons. I think one of my most, the, the, the experience that impacted me the most as a basketball player would have to be my three years with the Connecticut sun. Um, we went to two WNBA finals with that team, um, in the three years I was there and, and to just have that experience to play in the WNBA finals, um, to, to be on a team with amazing players, uh, like I was like Lindsay Whalen, Nikisha sales, Katie Douglas, Todd McWilliams, Franklin. I mean, the list goes on Asia Jones. Um, there's just, there's, it's, it was a really fun experience. It's fun to be on a great team. You know, it's fun to compete for championships. At, and that's just the bottom line, you know, that's yeah. what we all want as athletes. So, um, and I was coached by a great coach, Mike Tebow, who's a legend in the WNBA, um, obviously won a championship a couple years ago with the Washington mystics. And he really just opened my eyes to a whole nother level of basketball, a le- level of, um, just coaching and, and, and what a coach can do for a team and with the X's and O's types of th- side of things. He was a, he was a true professional coach, um, that had coached in the NBA and coached all the great players, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, you know, he'd been in the NBA as an assistant for a long time. So that was really a really fun three years that I'll never forget. I'm very thankful for that experience. So if you could coach in the WNBA in the current state right now, mm-hmm. which team would you coach for and why? Oh boy. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't want to say a specific team. I just, I think what's important after playing in the WNBA and understanding the world of sports, it's, I would want to coach for an organization that is truly invested in that team winning championships. And I think there's different levels to that. Um, but you kind of see, you know, the Minnesota Lynx is a great example. I think they've done an amazing job of just really, investing, doing things the right way, um, investing in a, a fantastic coach and general manager and Cheryl Reeves and, and bringing the players in that they bring in and treating the team, uh, the way they treat the team, um, making them, you know, 
putting them in the position to be able to win championships. And, you know, so that would be the most important thing to me is like looking and that's any job, you know, any, any college coaching job too. It's like, what's the structure in place? What's the commitment level from top down? Like what, what's the culture that's been established that you can go in as a coach and be successful and truly get to a place where you can compete for a championship. Yes, I agree with you on that. Um, also, Cheryl Reeves. Yeah, phenomenal. She's cool. Yeah, even though <laughs> She's... You know, Chicago Sky fan here, Cheryl yes. Reeves is awesome. <laughs> I have to say, okay, since since you brought that up, and since you're an Illinois girl, Chicago yeah. girl, like I I loved my time with the Sky. I I loved my time with the Chicago Sky. I was four years there. Um, it met amazing people, you know, played with amazing people. And the fact that I said the Connecticut sun does nothing to take away from my experience with the Chicago sky. It was just a different experience. It was a brand new organization, brand new team. Um, and so they were still, we were building, you know, and, but it was, it was an amazing time. I, I loved my time there. Oops. All the players that you listed when you're talking about the sun, this, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's Awesome. Uh, my favorite <laughs> from that list is Lindsay Whalen. I yes. uh, I got to see her play one time. It was it was truly mm. awesome. Uh, yeah. I went to a Blink Storm game. I went to Minnesota. I was visiting um, my junior year of high school, the University of Minnesota. Uh-huh. I got to go to a WNBA game. Cool. I haven't gone to one since I was little. It was like the last <laughs> I went to was Chicago Sky and Mystics. Um, when Del Don was still here. Oh, cool. Um, How fun. And, and Steph Dolson had the blue hair. I remember yeah. that. That's <laughs> the only reason I remember is, you know, this person was there. That person had that. Like, yeah. I, I even remember the Mystics won that game and I was sad when I left. Oh, that's good. That's a good memory. You have. It was like Aww. from grade school. Wow. I remember that. The WNBA wow. has an impact. It does. Heck yeah. Yes. Heck yeah. So <laughs> women's sports leagues are getting more TV time. It's um, something I talked with Dean Linky last week. The more you put women's sports on TV, Mm-hmm. the more people will watch. Um, <laughs> I know that the ACC has its own like TV station sometimes. Um, and I don't know about local stuff and whatever, but do you mm-hmm. think that your team and other college teams specifically don't get as much airtime as the men's teams do? Uh, I don't know about the ACC network. I think on the ACC network, which has um, been around for a few years now, I think they do a good job of representing, you know, both representing all their teams. We get a lot, we get all of our ACC games on some kind of, whether if it's not the ACC network, it's televised somewhere else. Um, So they do a fabulous job. In general, though, we know, I mean, women's sports don't get the airtime that men's sports do. Um, and so I think it's both. I, I I understand both sides. I do agree that, that when there's more exposure, obviously, more people will watch, like you said. I do see the business side of it, too. So it's just, you know, where, I mean, there's a bottom line for TV stations and, and companies and things like that. And, and so, right, it's like, what do we do? Like who, may, who takes the first step, you know, like what has yeah. to happen first for the next to follow. So I see both sides. I do see um, what, what's been encouraging is that we live in a world now where there is so much more exposure for women's sports in general. And just 
just a commitment to seeing women um, as equals in everything um, and seeing, you know, empowering women is, is a huge thing now. Uh, it's obviously something we got to continue to do. But what I'm saying is the children that are growing up in our society now, you know, you have little boys and, and little girls that have never lived in a world without the WNBA, you know, that have never lived in the, in a world without some of these women's sports where we did, I did, you know, I, I grew up and there was no WNBA. So I think as younger people get older and they're just, their world has always included women's sports. I think they will be more apt to a be aware of them and b create more opportunities as they become adults, go to games, support these leagues when they're, when they have money, um, if they become part of television companies or what, you know, making sure there's that exposure. I think we're going in the right direction. Obviously, we'd all like it to go a little faster, but yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> as someone who's grown up as uh, only going to White Sox games um, in the summer <laughs> uh, and not really having much exposure, I had to do the work myself. Um, yeah. Obviously, with summer camps, we want to see if like a few sky games I remember cool. growing up I think I went to two uh-huh. um, not really much exposure and um, I talked about this in one of my previous episodes and I talked about it last week with Dean Linky. Uh, I wrote a paper my junior year of high school talking about the WNBA uh, pay disparity and my opening was like a little incident about me growing up and like okay something's wrong here uh, mm. at Julia Catholic we uh, have a thing called the hill zone that is our student cheering section. Mm-hmm. And the women's uh, team did not have as much of a crowd, barely mm-hmm. even a crowd, more yeah. like parents just sitting there watching their kids play mm-hmm. um, versus the guys. And they have this whole cheering section. I was like, okay, what is this? What is going on? Me as a freshman, yeah. recognizing that right away is like, mm, okay. Yeah. Um, and even our games weren't being announced on the mm-hmm. loudspeaker I was like mm-hmm. okay wait a second wait a second I got <laughs> so I went to the dean who does the announcement I was like hey there's three games left can you announce these and he did and I was Good so surprised I was like no one else was gonna do this maybe That's no one else cares I don't even know if the people that play care but I care enough Aww. that I wrote out a script for him and he read it and wow I was like yeah let's go like this is great that's um, awesome. Great job. I Keep just, doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was just so surprised. I was like, you you talk about the men's teams, like all of them. Why not include us? We, you literally and don't fund us, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They talk about the soccer team. Girls soccer team is fantastic at Juliet Catholic. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to Niqua, they don't really announce, have the announcements on every day, so it's not something that I worried about, but we uh-huh. had a good crowd size. I don't know if yeah. it's just because of school population, you know, one small school versus a big school. Yeah. But yeah, I did, I did some changing. Good job. <laughs> good job. Great job. I didn't job. really think of it as like a big deal, but now that I look back, I was like, that's a huge deal. Good. <laughs> That's a huge deal. Congrats. And this podcast is a huge deal. You're doing a great thing with yes, this. I mean, you. so keep it up. We thank need you. people like you. Yes. This was just like a small little idea that I had in April. I was like, awesome. Okay. I don't have anything to do. 
should I do this? And then it grew. That's the one thing that surprised me. It grew and it got outside of the U.S., which was weird. Wow. My first assumption is, do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) There's so many different countries here. Um, And like Switzerland, Indonesia, Uh Belgium, Poland. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Very confusing, but enough enough about me I don't (laughs) know keep it up that's great um you I guess are big into recruiting especially people from Ohio that I've read (laughs) is there a specific reason that you're targeting (laughs) Ohio especially or yeah well what's the process of um recruiting like and how do you find the people and be like oh yep they'd be good on our team yeah Great question. Recruiting is a nonstop day-to-day thing, first and foremost. It never, ever, ever ends. And it really is the most important thing we do um, in terms of working towards winning. You know, like the most important thing we do is take care of the players that are here and make sure that they are developing into strong, powerful women who are great basketball players, great students, great people. That's the most important thing we do. But if we want to keep our jobs, we got to recruit. So it's a daily thing. And really we're fortunate that, um, there are tons and tons of tournaments normally in a non COVID year. Okay. Like we we're out and about recruiting at like tournaments with, for AU or like club basketball, um, where you get to see a ton of players, you get to, you know, like, you know, good programs and good teams. And you kind of go watch, you form relationships with coaches AU coaches, high school coaches, there's all kinds of rankings that come out. There's social media, there's word of mouth. I mean, there's so many ways to find out about players. Um, And then we go watch them. And then when we're allowed to, we get in touch with them, talk on the phone, FaceTime, text, Zooms. Um, They come to visit us. We go visit them. It's, it can be a long process. And um, the reason we recruit Ohio is, well, we're partial because I came down from Ohio all those years ago. And ever since then, for whatever reason, we've had a connection with that state um, and have been able to get players to come down. It's pretty much Tallahassee's directly south of Ohio. You just got to get on I-75 and just drive on down pretty much all the way. Um, and so... Uh, we've had a great connection and the, the nice thing about recruiting Ohio is they've got great basketball up there. They do a great job with grassroots basketball. They, you know, there's lots of opportunities to be um, trained and taught the game, play on teams at a young age. Not every state has that. Not every state has a good grassroots system set up. So not every state produces players that have a basketball IQ that have skill sets um, and are ready for the college game. So Ohio is one of those States. So we love to, we love to look for players up there. They got lots of good ones. I'm sure. I mean, I would have no idea. Um, In terms of Illinois and um, the schools, at least that I know of, there's a few that have um, either signed on to or, um, are playing at big name universities mm-hmm. again with the person that went to my first high school that that is someone that I know of um, Nikki Akamu yes 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 and then the greats um someone that goes to Naperville North is going to Oregon State next year 
someone mm-hmm. from I think Maine West is at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, a yeah. lot of my friends play at like Benedicting or North Central College, um, smaller schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that I'm waiting to see where one of um, the now seniors will be um, going because they I, I talked to them about like their whole process of picking a school. Um, they want to study this one thing, but they don't know if they want to go to this school. And it's like, yeah. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, pretty good offers lined up, um, at least yeah. from what I've seen so far. So I don't know what goes on in her mind, but I just I'm excited to see where she goes because uh. she's so good and has done a lot for Nikwa especially so cool yeah that's Uh, awesome another question about recruiting and stuff so is it like you stay in a state for a certain amount of time or Mm -hmm. you're there for a day and then you leave Mm-hmm. like what is the the travel process like for you yeah it can get really crazy you can go anywhere as long as you have the time um you can go so for example july is a really big month um for us where there's a lot of tournaments going on for a couple weeks in july so there's been days where you know you start and you spend half a day maybe in north carolina watching games And then you fly to, or let's say you drive to three or four hours to another part of North Carolina to another big tournament, or you fly out to um, Atlanta to be there and maybe catch the last game of the night and then get up in the morning and, and be at that, that tournament the next morning or get up in the morning and go to another state to see, like you're allowed to go anywhere you want um, and as many places as you want there's a lot of schools that have, um, like private jets or they use, they charter private planes. When, for example, we have, um, in March, we're able to go visit juniors in high school, like face-to-face go do home visits in a non-COVID year, of course. Um, and so you will have, you know, schools that have a private jet, they will fly in, do a, a home visit, in the first half of the day and then fly somewhere else and do another visit for the evening, you know? So it, it can get really crazy. And, and especially with our schedule in the season, um, you know, you're just trying to get in and out of places, show your face, say hi, and then go on then to the next place. So um, yeah, we just try to cover a lot of ground and the biggest, the, the, the rules that the NCAA has is that we can only be, out 112 days within the year, like the school year, okay, to recruit. So that means if myself and two of our other coaches are out recruiting on one day, that's three days. That counts as three days. So you got to like split those up and make sure you're not, you can't be out every single day. There's, there's limits to it, 112. Um, And then we can't, we're not allowed to see, like go see somebody more than seven times in a year. It's very year. interesting to know. Yeah. I did not know about any of that. At yeah. All. Uh, it, do, you, yeah. do you guys go um, to Hawaii or Alaska? Is that like big or do you mostly stay within the 48 states that are here? We have not gone to Hawaii or Alaska. That's that's but there have been some really good players to come out of of Alaska for sure. Um, mm-hmm. We go internationally. A lot of teams recruit internationally. So again, like I've, I've left 
a game, like we finish a game, I, I hop on a plane and I'm flying to another country in Europe to get there, see that kid that next day, and then fly out the very next morning back to the States. So we, we do a lot of that international recruiting. There's a lot of international tournaments that we can go to as well um, in the summer. So anywhere there's players, we're going to go try and find them. Anywhere. Antarctica. <laughs> exactly. There's one person in Antarctica. They're just waiting for their chance. Exactly. If they're there, believe me, someone's going to find someone's them. Someone's going to go Believe there. me. Yes. You're like, ah, you're, our, you're, you're playing for us now. Congratulations. Yep. Somebody's going to find them. Yeah. Come to um, Tallahassee where it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Florida's where it's at, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Florida. Oh, oh yeah well it's but, warm i will say that i've heard my friend goes to tampa so okay yeah tampa's uh, a great she, place she's told me about it and she keeps trying to convince me to apply there's like i'm not going to florida like oh. i think that's a little bit too far for me honestly <laughs> um i don't know my mom has these strict rules uh mom if you're watching this i know you didn't hear what i just said um but I, i'm very restricted when it comes to terms of applying to places but hey i'm applying to Syracuse oh cool (laughs) that's another yeah uh yeah wow I think the farthest one no UConn as well I'm trying Mm. to see can I get in Mm -hmm. question um last year was weird because I got into eight out of ten schools that I applied to Uh um I didn't get into Minnesota or Iowa. Iowa was weird because they have this weird system with like number system and I even give them all my stuff that's like another topic for another time it makes me mad when I talk about it. Um, oh, yeah. Don't go there. Whoo, deep breath. <laughs> Stay relaxed. And it's such a basic school, but their women's team is okay. I mean, yeah, they have a great program. Um, a few good folks in the WNBA. So yes, uh, congrats they to have them. A great program. Uh, yes. Speaking of alumni, do you have a favorite um, Florida State person that is playing in the WNBA right now? <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, There is a person, her name is Natasha Howard, who has just really done an amazing job making us all proud in the WNBA. She um, has won three WNBA championships uh, and has played in a bunch of WNBA finals, um, has won all kinds of awards, six women of the year, defensive player of the year. Um, and she just continues to do so well. We're so proud of her. She's plays for the Seattle storm, um, currently and yeah, they just won a championship in the bubble. So we were yeah, so happy game. and she's an Ohio girl. She's from Ohio. Go figure. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know what? Now that makes a lot of sense now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, that game that I went to see in Minnesota, she was in that game and I was watching the Seattle storm. I was like, you know what? All these people are fantastic. Yeah, like, they're really course, good. Like, of course they're going to win. Although I didn't have them win uh, the Storm winning this year. I really thought it was going to be someone else. But you know what? Mm. Brianna Stewart and Super coming yeah. back healthy. How, what else do you expect? How can you? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> darn hard to, to compete with those guys. Wow. Yeah, yeah they had a phenomenal team. Star power. Yeah, they're period. so good. So good. So fun to watch. Yeah. The good old, the good old days of looking back and being like, yeah, they were immaculate. Um, I want to, <laughs> I want to ask you about playing overseas um, because what we saw with Brianna Stewart, her ta- tearing her ACL 
uh, or I don't remember Achilles, her Achilles, yeah. yeah. And then I think Alyssa Thomas um, is injured too. I think mm-hmm. I read it this morning mm-hmm. or yesterday. Um, yeah. Playing overseas, good mm-hmm. or bad? Um, it's a more complicated answer than that. And, and obviously, uh, the, the issue is that it can be bad or it can be tough in the sense of your, these, these women don't get a rest, you know, they do not get a chance to fully rest. They play a WNBA season, which is jam packed with a ton of games. Um, and then pretty soon thereafter, they're off to play overseas and normal basketball season. Um, and then they come back and they go to WNBA training camp and jump in, you know, so they're playing elite level basketball. They're playing a lot of minutes. They're asked to do a lot because on their overseas teams, they are usually the best players over there or, or have a really, um, important role on their teams over there. And so it's just a lot on their bodies and year after year. So, um, but the other side of it is that it's, it's very lucrative to play overseas first and foremost, and the opportunity to make money uh, playing basketball, doing what you love is huge over there. And then you also have a great opportunity to play in your own country in the WNBA, or if it's an international player to come over and play in the, in the best league in the world, which is the WNBA, you know, so there's not many players that are willing to turn down either opportunity. So what do you do? You know, I, and, and so it's a really, really tough thing, um, kind of, you know, having to choose or just, you know, yeah. Sacrificing your body year after year. So you do see the injuries, you do see the wear and tear. Um, and unfortunately, so maybe one day we'll get to a place where I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know where the WNBA could be a normal season. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how close we are to that. I think we're far away from that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, especially with this year, we have NBA fans complaining that the off season was too short. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I even made an episode about it. Stop mm. crying about how short your off season is. First of all, if yeah. you're complaining about that, look at the NWSL and the WNBA where we have players going overseas to play so they can live. Yeah, plain and simple. Exactly. They need to work to earn money so they can live. Absolutely. Um, I know that some people have started their own companies as well to keep um, afloat during the off season, which is also mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Um, but I, time will tell, honestly, if yeah. anything is going to change within the league because of injuries and yeah. being away from your family, choosing, Yep. do I want money or do I want to chill at home? Mm-hmm. It's a choice that you got to make, um, yeah. unfortunately for them. Yeah. But the NBA, you know, they got, <laughs> they got so yeah. much. They do. They do. And they've, yeah, but they've built up to that. I mean, their, their league was, you know, kind of in a similar spot. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be there one day too. I'm will tell. Will tell. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm just going to do rapid fire questions. Oh boy. These are very silly questions. And then we're going to, we're going to wrap things up. Favorite color. Oh my gosh. Favorite color. Yeah. I got ah, I always say garnet. Garnet and gold. Those are Florida State colors. Garnet and gold. That's your answer? 
Yes. You just because otherwise you represent black. the team. Yes, but I like I like black. Like I wear a lot of black clothes. I don't know black. Oh my god, you should talk to my sister. All she does is ever wear black. I mean, I really <laughs> can't great. talk right now. I'm wearing. I'm you are wearing, wearing black. Yep. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, favorite sports team to watch. Woo, man. Favorite sports. I'm sorry, I'm not good at rapid fire. Favorite sports teams to watch. Well. Florida State Seminoles, my team. Okay. I love watching them. But no, I really, um, gosh, this year I'm really enjoying watching the Miami Heat <laughs> bandwagon. Yeah, bandwagon right there. But no, I, and I will say the Seattle Storm. I love watching the Storm play. Um, in your opinion, who is the team of the year from 2020? Mm, I would say Seattle Storm is up for that. Um, gosh, and the Lakers. I think the Lakers are are great. Uh, I'm just all basketball. I don't like. I've been so under a rock with any other sport, so I'm not a good person to ask. But I really, I I think those two teams, like doing what they did in the bubble, um, it, for me was was something that I think was took a lot of commitment. You know, I mean, and and a lot of heart, and so. I was proud of those two teams. If you can add an expansion team in the WNBA, where would you add it and why? Interesting. Um, gosh, <laughs> I would love to see one in Miami again. <laughs> it would be fun. I, I, I would love to have a team in, in Florida, um, a WNBA team in Florida again. So I'd say Miami. You have a team name in mind? The soul, of course. Again, like we can't change name, the name. Yeah. Okay. The I'll soul. Okay. I like <laughs> Do you have a favorite book right now? Favorite book. Um gosh. I see this is my problem. I blank on all these questions. I blank, I blank, I blank. You know what I'm reading right now? Um, it's called The Inner Game of Tennis. And it's a it's a really classic book about um, mental training when it comes to when it comes to sports and coaching. So it's called the Inner Game of Tennis, and it's fascinating. Um, and I highly recommend. It's a classic. I want to check that out. I haven't done much reading myself. I used to be a huge bookworm. Mm -hmm. I even did a race of reading Harry Potter with my best friend in oh, middle wow. school. I wow. won. I read all those books. <laughs> I remember everything. I remember everything. I watched all the movies too. Um, but yeah, awesome. are you a Harry Potter person? You know what? I'm not, but I my I want to read the series. I want to read them. Like I I was I haven't gotten into it, but my sister, one of my sisters, just did it. She just read them all. She's a grown adult, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you have to read these books. They're amazing." I couldn't put them down. I was like, "Okay," so I do want to do that. Okay, my daughter's favorite? in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay. Does she yeah. does she have a house assigned to her? Does she does she pick something that she likes? I don't know. She don't hasn't. Know no, that? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, she hasn't mentioned that. So no. No. I'm either a Ravenclaw or a Gryffindor. Okay. I heard of Gryffindor. I don't know which one suits me more. My sister thinks I'm a Slytherin. I but she's biased. <laughs> she's 14 and she's biased. I'll have to read them and, and then let you know. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite social media app? Uh, I would say Twitter. Instagram's not, not too far behind there. 
Okay, and um, one more rapid fire question, and then I just thought of something. Okay. Um, so, if you could live anywhere in the world, mm. where would you want to live and why? Oh, I would want to live in Spain. I would want to live in Spain. Um, I love Spain. I played there. My fiance is from there and he's actually there right now and he can't get over here because of stupid COVID. Um, but I would love to be able to live in Spain. I absolutely love it over there. Where specifically? Um, I would probably live where he lives, which is the Northwestern part of Spain. It's Galicia. It's, it's right next to Portugal um that's where he's from so I'd live there or I'd live in Madrid I lived in Madrid for a year and played there and I absolutely loved it so okay okay yeah. um and so this is um I just thought of this I was actually thinking of it before I was like mm, how do I form this question the correct way so within the current climate um especially with the Black Lives Matter movement within the WNBA NBA and all the other sports leagues mm-hmm. um that have said you know Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. do you feel like um you yourself and the players have the ability to express their um opinions and voices for good or do you feel like they're censored or scared to do so um Mm. I'm kind of interested and especially just because these are college athletes which is uh, kind of different from being professional because they're also a student too at the same time so I just want to know a little bit more about that Yeah, that's a great question. I do think our players have a platform that they feel comfortable or that they know that they can use. We've made it very clear. Our university has made it very clear. Our athletic department um, has made it clear that they can speak out and stand up for, for a Black Lives Matter cause or social justice or any, you know, whatever cause it may be. Um, What we work really hard on is a giving them that platform, making sure they understand that they have that, making them feel valued um, and comfortable if there is something that they want to say or speak out about, but also helping them find ways that their message is going to be received in the best way. Um, It's so easy for all of us, myself included, to be reactionary, to do things and, and, and want to speak out out of anger or frustration. And sometimes that's good. Um, you know, but there's other times where it, it really helps to when cooler minds prevail and to think through, okay, how is my message, whatever I want to say, how is it going to be to get across the best way? How is it going to be received by the most people? Um, in the way I want it to be received? How am I going to be received in the way I want to be received? And what can I do to, to, to present myself in that way? So we talk a lot of about that, about what really makes an impact and what's just yelling into an echo chamber, you know, where it's, you know, like that. So it's been an awesome learning experience for all of us during this, during 2020 and all the, the craziness and unfortunate events that have happened and also really good things that have come out of, of some really unfortunate events. So um, yes, I, we are always making sure that our, our student athletes feel like they can they have a platform and that we're supporting them, but we're also helping each other to understand what's the best way um, to get my message across that it has the most impact. This is a great answer to my question. Like really great question. Um, <laughs> I just, I, especially, you know, being a college student as well, 
even though I'm at home, I feel like I have a responsibility to speak out and be like, hey, this is what's happening. And you got to pay attention um, and mm-hmm. just to be aware and to be participating, um, of course, in elections and stuff like that. Uh, yes. Was everyone uh, who could vote uh, registered to vote and participated? Yes. yes. 100% registered. Awesome. Well, we have three international. Yeah. So they did it. <laughs> but all, yes, everybody that could did. And we worked really, really hard on that. Yes. So that was encouraging. That is awesome. Uh, I, at the end of some of my episodes back when, you know, um, yeah. I was like, Hey, register to vote. In, yes. Even in my um, podcast descriptions, I have the vote to the, the link to register to vote down there. there so people can have that opportunity. I'm not going to remove that even though Very I can't cool. really do that right now, but it's always there, you know, just anyone yep. that's listening that can vote or will be able to vote in the future. There's always a link down below to do that. Awesome. Um, participate in elections all right yes ma'am so that is gonna do it for today's episode um coach is there anything that you want to shout out before we go man this has been so great Gianna I just want to shout you out like this is you are doing an amazing thing for someone so young um these were fantastic questions and i'm just really excited to be a part of this and just want to say you go girl let's keep going keep keep doing you and best of luck with everything thank you so much okay so you guys know what the drill is at the end of each episode we are in a pandemic remember cool wear a mask wash your hands social distance when you can and that's it's just a great little thing that I do at the end of each episode. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can actually follow me at WSM Podcast. Where can people follow you at? Oh, on Twitter at Coach Brooke FSU and uh, Instagram. You know, I don't even know my names on Instagram. <laughs> Follow Seminoles Women's Basketball. That's better than even following me. And you'll find me through there. Seminoles Women's Basketball. Sorry. I don't even know. You can put it in the show notes. Maybe I'll send you (laughs) my handles. Oh, I think I'll find them eventually or something. But hey, I also have an Instagram. It's at uh, Women's Sports Matter. Okay. I'll follow you. Everyone go follow. follow me. We're like, 15 followers strong i guess maybe 16 now i guess guys i also have a youtube channel if you want to watch this wonderful episode you can you see my okay face and the amazing coach um so if you want to see that you can go to youtube it's the women's sports matter podcast go and subscribe we're six subscribers strong awesome if you are listening to me on YouTube, I just like to say thank you because I don't get as many views on here as I do versus real podcasts. So thank you so much for doing that. I just want to shout out the people that actually watch these episodes, um, which is a different experience versus just listening to me. Um, Also, if you don't know where to listen to me to, there's links down below for all the applications that I'm on. I'm on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, so many more. So go and check that out. Um, I have one thing to promote. I'm going to have a new logo soon. I'm in the works for making a new one, a new little redesign, I guess. That will be up 
uh, today when I'm showing this. So, well, tomorrow, I guess, because it's not Thursday yet. <laughs> but when you see this episode, it's a new logo. So, yay. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Giannimo Castro. I'm your host, and that is all, folks. See you next time.